You are listening to the Inside Out Podcast. Brent Kimball and Michael Anderson discuss all things living the gospel with those inside of the family of God and bringing the gospel to those outside of the family of God. Let's live Inside Out. Hey everyone, welcome to the Inside Out Podcast. It's episode 101, and Michael Anderson was just about to open his mouth. I timed it perfectly so not a sound came out, and I stole the introduction. Michael, I've got a question for you to get started on the Inside Out Podcast. What did you think about those cowboys (laughs) this last week? Uh, You know what? Dak Prescott, how many weeks out is he going to be? They're saying... Four to to eight weeks. Yeah. Not 48 weeks, but... Four to eight. Yeah. I bet he's back in four. Maybe. To fill in some of the some of the blanks here and gaps in conversation, I am an avid Cowboys fan. And avid their, is their a... quarterback got uh, hurt his hand the yes. first game of the season. Uh, so we had a big we had a big uh, kind of family get together. We wanted to make a big deal out of out of Judah's baptism on, yeah, on Sunday. So no Sunday doubt. afternoon we had a barbecue and family over and and gave him a new Bible. Just, mm. So Anyway, what translation? The ESV. Oh, that was smart. Yeah, good job. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about going King James, but it just decided it's all right. So, yep. anyway, uh, that just kind of morphed into watching the football game and first game of the year. It's always For exciting. Sure. You know, yeah. the possibilities are are endless, and your quarterback gets injured. And yeah. In football, it's kind of like when that happens, it's yep. it's pretty much over. So kind of rough. It's. It's it's nice because then I just go well I just get to take it easy for the rest of the and relax fall, for so. several weeks yeah. yeah yeah well I um yeah I, I never like to see anybody get injured and I you know there's a difference between an owie and an injury yes right some people don't know the difference between an owie and an injury and an injury but it seems that Dak Prescott actually has an injury uh, yeah I was in Spokane Sunday after afternoon right after yeah. the gathering. I had to boogie over to Spokane for presbytery meetings for the Northwest Ministry Network. Good meetings. What is presbytery? The presbytery are the, I I describe it as the pastors to the pastors in the network. And also doubling as the board of directors for Mm -hmm. the Northwest Ministry Network, which is um, the Northwest Ministry Network is a network of churches, 350 churches in Washington and Northern Idaho. So anyway, I was over there and um, after our business session on Monday, it was time for dinner. And of course the Hawks were playing Monday night football. Oh man. And I really like, seriously, I was reading national articles regarding like, this is going to be at best a mediocre season (laughs) that everybody's saying, you know, they'll be lucky to win five games, all that sort of stuff. And I just had kind of, I just, with so many other things going on in life, I just decided I wasn't going to pay too much attention, uh-huh. get overly excited, etc. But a, a group of guys said, hey, well, let's go over to Buffalo Wild Wings for dinner and we'll watch the game. Yeah. I'm like, that'll be great. These guys are uh, fun to be around. And so we did that. And let me tell you, what? that oh. place was rocking. I I've bet. been to lots of Seahawks games. And thankfully, and um, so they're pretty exciting. But Buffalo Wild Wings was like <laughs> it was the place to be, man. There must have been there must have been two hundred people in there. Yeah, to and, match the two hundred screens that are yeah, in the walls. and the two hundred screens, and um, and it was like pretty awesome because it was shocked. Everybody was shocked 
right? Oh, the first drive, Geno Smith is throwing the ball downfield uh-huh. because there was dialogue. Okay, he's not going to throw the ball. They're not going to let him throw the ball more than 10 yards. Yeah. Like his third throw, he's chucking it down the field. And I'm like, let's do this, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that was pretty cruel. It was a great, great, great game. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, I've, I've carried a grudge against the, the Seahawks for the best part of about 13 years now. Yeah. Yeah. But I was legitimately is rooting that the for whole, them. That, is that the one that we stole the playoff game, that home game where they fumbled the? Oh yeah, the, that's kind of when it started. So yeah, that's a lot. That's okay. going on 16 years ago yeah. now. Um, I but, was at that game. Oh, I that don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. I've yeah. still never seen it. So um, anyway, that w- I was actually rooting for them. That was a really exciting, that exciting game and super fun for fans who are both there and. And not to just be like, what just happened? Yeah. That's yeah, it was exciting. Really cool. It gave me some hope for the year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, not all hope is lost for all of us. That's that's good news anyway. Yep. Um, and certainly we had, it wasn't just the opening weekend of, of football season, but it was the opening week of our Reasonable Answers to Difficult Questions series this past Sunday. Yes. And what a great way to kick it off. It was a great day together as a church. I agree. I had, I, I just had a lot of, it was fun. I was feeling the weight of the day with the sermon and all of that, starting a new series, especially in a series on apologetics. But so to say I had fun would probably not be the right word, but I sure had a lot of just a sense of satisfaction in seeing the people of God getting together. So many new people, first time, second time guests, people visiting to watch the water baptisms. And then I think, yeah, a lot of excitement for the fall, a lot of excitement for this series. So it was, it was fun. So um, I have a couple questions for you regarding your sermon this past Sunday. So the, the introductory sermon to the reasonable answers to difficult questions where you sort of laid out just what uh, apologetics yeah. that is or are. Yeah. Is it singular or plural? Depends. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll defer to you in that. But in your second point of that sermon, so it was a six-point sermon, your second point, uh, you mentioned that apologetics is all about giving a defense for what you believe. And in one of the sub-points, you mentioned that it's about sharing hope. And you listed kind of kind of four things under that. And because our time is limited on Sunday, we, we say this regularly on this podcast, um, there's, there's only so much we can say on a Sunday, and there's a, this is a great opportunity to expand on those just a little bit. So, okay. So the first thing you said is um, uh, honor Christ. When, we, when we're sharing our hope, apologetics, it's about sharing hope, and we honor Christ. Yeah. Secondly, we're to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And so my question on that is, for me as a Christian, what actions can I take? To be prepared. Yeah, but how about this? We're going to back up, okay? Right to because I, I was doing a, a miniature exposition of First Peter three fifteen. Yep. And um, even though this is a a thematic series where we're not actually expositing passages of Scripture, we're giving a defense for the Christian faith mm-hmm. on these on these difficult questions. I was thinking maybe we could have called it um, difficult answers to reasonable questions. Okay. But we decided on reasonable answers to difficult questions. Uh-huh. Nonetheless, um, yeah, so it is, I was saying it's about sharing hope. In, in that, um, 
Or if you recall, I, I said, one, first, though, it's not about being defensive. You're giving a defense, but you're mm-hmm. not being defensive or apologizing. And I think those two parts are important to tie into the idea of honoring Christ. Okay. When Christians get defensive, it's it's like, uh, and I mentioned on Sunday, part of, the, part of it's understandable because oftentimes we're being asked to give an answer, not so much, quote, for the hope that's within us, but for for believing what other people think is like ridiculous, unbelievable things, or they just want to be argumentative, or they're attacking everything that we hold dear, and it's hard to not be defensive. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think, partly why the Apostle Peter says, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Remember who you belong to, remember who he is, and that you're not representing yourself and you're not defending your faith. You're representing Jesus, the Son of God, and you're giving a defense for the faith, mm, right? Right. So honoring Christ is the place to start okay. there. So don't be defensive and be really careful. Don't apologize. Mm-hmm. You didn't set the standard. Jesus did. Which means you and I do not have the right to tinker with the standard or to manipulate the standard Mm -hmm. to change it in any way. It is what it is. And so we don't apologize for God or for how he acts. Yeah. Right? Honor Christ the Lord as holy. Okay. And be prepared. So... So the question then that you're asking is how how can we be prepared to give an answer or to give a defense for what we believe? Um, and I th- I think engaging uh, the obvious answer first is to engage fully in this series because mm-hmm. we're week to week going to be answering difficult questions and um, and so that's going to be great. Along with that would be to avail yourself of some of the resources i'm not just swimming in resources right now i feel like i'm nearly drowning in resources there are there is a ton of resources on apologetics can i world-class apologists who are answering these questions books Mm -hmm. articles podcasts youtube videos so where i just can barely touch on something on a Sunday. I mean, a little bit more than touch on it. There's all sorts of resources that a person could avail themselves of to follow mm-hmm. up. So being prepared, one, fully engage in the series, do the resource, uh, follow up on some of those resources. Yeah. What were you going to say? I just am really looking forward to, usually at the end of series, you will take a picture of all the books you utilize for the resources. So I remember oh. Matthew, it was... You know, these Matthew commentaries that are a thousand pages long and the stack was high. I have a feeling this sermon series, it might be twice that high. You have to remind me to do that. You might have to stand up with your stack of books. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, And so, so those are the first couple of things I would say. Here's another thing that I would say. I think one of the ways that we can be prepared to simply communicate what we believe um, or even to communicate our testimony mm-hmm. of of our of our faith is to actually write it out to say I'm going to take a a time a prayerful time and I'm going to write out my testimony mm. of how I came to believe 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and you kind of, I used to, when I did training on this, on how to communicate or share your faith, it was, you talk about a, you talk about BC, before Christ, before you were a believer, what was life like? And you don't have to go into gross detail as to what that was like, but share what life was like before you knew Jesus. And then that would be number one. Number two would be to communicate the some of the details of how you came to know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Not just the moment or the day, but like what what brought you to the consideration of those things. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, and and um, and not to be underwritten is how has Jesus affected your life? How has he changed you and how is he changing mm-hmm. you? And, um, and I think when we, when we write that sort of thing out, it solidifies for us the work of God. We remember, oh yeah, that's right. This is what life was like. And this is how, this is what was going on in my life and how God used the circumstances and opened my eyes to things, gave me friends or open, you know, I had a conversation with somebody that, that sparked my imagination in this way, how I came to Jesus. And then, you know, just, it's a wonderful thing to think through how the, the Lord has changed us, how his goodness has been seen in our lives. I mean, so those are, I think, some ways to be prepared to, uh, to share your faith. Yeah. And it, if I could add one just off the cuff here, this is something that you, you have said, um, repeatedly and something that you would tell um, teenagers in your home but listening is a very important skill yes that's something I've heard you say many many times over and it's certainly true in this regard when we are giving a defense for the faith we are dealing with real flesh and blood actual people Mm -hmm. and so uh, when we we want to make sure that we're we're listening it so we can formulate how we want to communicate. So if, yeah. we, if we listen well, we can communicate even better, I think. That's wise. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great addition because you don't want to give canned, pat answers, especially, you know, sometimes people are, are opening up out of real hurt or disorientation. And if you just give some sort of a canned answer, like we're talking about giving reasonable answers and canned mm-hmm. answers aren't reasonable. Yeah, yeah, so, it is. Yeah, I think that's wise. Good, is, good addition. It is not canned answers to difficult questions. That's exactly <laughs> right. Oh, that would have been a fun. We could have did a parody on that. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to give okay. the Sunday school answers to all the questions. So, honor Christ. Be prepared. Yeah. Thirdly, you mentioned share your hope. Yeah. This is a, f- a phrase. Those of us who are Christians is very common to us. We 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 hear this a lot. You know. Be, Give an answer for the hope that is within you. Yes. I could probably ask 10 different people, what is your hope? Yeah. And I may get 10 different answers. 10 different Christians or 10 different people? 10 different Christians, maybe. Okay. Uh, they may okay. express maybe the same general idea. Yeah. But to me, it's like asking people almost, what is the gospel? They mm-hmm. may get quite a few different answers. So w- mm-hmm. what is my hope yeah. as a Christian? Yeah. Wouldn't you love to have some time to have... I mean, there's so much that could be said on that share mm-hmm. your hope because you first need to qualify that are we talking about the hope that is in us that we have in this life or the hope that we have for eternal life 
or both, right? And I think both should be a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I'm sharing my faith with somebody who's going through a really challenging situation, let's say they've got a, a child who's wayward and their heart is breaking because of the decisions that that, that child is making, and I'm not going to just sit there and talk to them about heaven, Although that can be a good part of the conversation, that's not very reasonable. I need to be able to share hope with them that Jesus is with them at this moment. He's shepherding them at this moment, that his comfort is real, his consolation is real, that he's not absent from that child's life, mm. and he's not idle in that child's life. So we have to recognize and help people understand that here's part of our hope. The hope is that, and this is that hope meaning a a, an expectation, right? A, a not just wishful thinking, but a but a solid expectation. And because God is who He is, an ever-present help in times of trouble, then we can expect that He's going to be actively involved, intricately involved in those situations, even when we don't see that happening. So that's part of that hope, yeah. right? To to remind people, you know, when Peter's writing to these early Christians who are under persecution. Likely that's that could definitely be in his mind to say you are suffering, but you're not just suffering for Jesus, you're suffering with Jesus. That's mm-hmm. part of our hope, yeah. right? That Jesus is at work. Here's another part of our hope, Michael, is that God is at work in that suffering, helping us to become more and more like Jesus, right? That suffering, when mingled with trust, is developing perseverance and perseverance develops hope and hope does not disappoint us because God is pouring out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I think that's Romans 5, mm-hmm. right? So so this is part of our hope that we have. Now that's like this life stuff, but no doubt the Apostle Peter has in mind the big H hope. Mm-hmm. Hope that we have eternal, that regardless of what happens in this life, because we are not our own and we've been bought at a price, we will be with God. We will spend eternity with him mm-hmm. where tears will be wiped away, death will be no longer, where all of the things that we, the painful, um, the, 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 yeah, just the, the, the hard things that we experience in this life will, um, will be behind us and we will experience true joy, true happiness, true contentment, all with our God and our Savior. And it is not just a wishful whim. It is something that, a wishful uh, thought, it is something that God has put in our hearts. He has put eternity in our hearts. And for, as people of faith, that truly, that's, that's, our long, that's what we long for. Mm-hmm. Randy Alcorn wrote a book on heaven. It's literally what it's called, heaven. Yep. And in that, he exposits basically, like for all practical purposes, every text in the Bible <laughs> that talks about heaven. When I first got the book, it's, I don't know, four or 500 pages yeah. long. And I, it sat on my shelf for a while because I, it, was, it seemed like, well, one... Is a little seemed a little bit exhaustive mm-hmm. on that one subject until I read it, and boy, powerful, yeah. powerful stuff. And uh, he did a really good job with it as well. So, anyway, 
that's what I think when I think about sharing our hope, having a word of hope. I love what, you know, as I was looking at that, at that first uh, Peter 3.15. So we're uh, always being prepared. That's that present continual language, always being prepared. So it's something we're growing in, learning on a regular basis to make a defense, an apologia, mm-hmm. right? We're making a defense, but that defense is not apologetic. We're not apologizing, I mean, or being defensive, but we're telling people about, we're giving them a reason, or the word logos is there, right? That We're giving them a word of hope because that word of hope is in us, mm-hmm. right? Jesus dwells within us, and mm-hmm. he is, he's like, he's our word of hope, right? Yeah. I don't want to make too much of that yeah. in this moment. That's when he says reason, he's not thinking of Jesus, but he yeah. uses the word logos. And that, that's the word, right? The word of hope that God has put in us. And of course, we do it kindly. We do it with gentleness yep. and respect. Yep. So that's... Which that's is the, the fourth. that's harder for me. That's the fourth thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's hard for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think... I think back to, and I, we all have this story. Yeah, I've got many versions of this story. I remember years ago when I was in Bible college, I worked at the FedEx terminal from 2.30 to 7.30 in the morning. And mm, fun shift. we'd work uh, on this belt, loading packages into trucks, and we'd work across from another person. So we're there for five hours. You're staring at this other person. Yeah. And this guy, he knew that what I was going to school for. And so he just decided to start throwing questions at me. And I remember to this day, one of his favorite ones was, um, Adam and Eve's kids. Yeah. Like didn't brothers marry sisters. Is that not okay? And he just kept going back to that one. And it was a while before I realized he was just making a game of it. You know, Mm -hmm. I was trying to be a diligent young Christian and, you know, give, give an answer. And, but at a certain point, I just, I remember going, if, if you want to, had this conversation i'd be glad to buy you breakfast someday and we'll, we'll talk about it but i'm not going to talk about it anymore yeah um and that was that was years ago now we have online forums and social oh, media yes. spheres and there are i think back to our sermon in 2020 how not to be a jerk to the jerks around you i yes. think back to that sermon often yeah <laughs> but we team taught that one yeah that was really fun yeah how come we don't do that anymore I don't know. We it's, should. That'd be a great idea. Yeah. If I talk to the powers that be to put that back on the schedule. But my yeah. question is this. Yes. You, the fourth thing here. So we honor Christ, be prepared, share your hope, do it kindly. Yes. What do I do with a jerk? Yeah. So what to do with a jerk? It's, it's tough because you kind of want to know why they're a jerk. They could be, they could just be seeming like a jerk but they're angry because they're hurting real bad, right? Mm-hmm. If they just, if they had a, I mean, think pastorally, if, if they've had somebody in their life pass away at a young age and it didn't seem fair and they're ang- they're still processing, right? Mm-hmm. They're angry about it and they're asking you questions. It might seem like they're being a jerk, but maybe they're not. That's just part of their grieving process. Mm-hmm. Anger is a part of that grieving process, mm-hmm. right? So kind of want to know, I mean, I doubt the coworker that's across the conveyor belt to you was grieving over all of that period of time. Mm-hmm. He just probably was a bit of a jerk. So that's different. But I'd want to know why are they why are they mad? Why are they like I remember having a conversation with a guy I grew up with who um, lost a child, and um, 
and he got a hold of me and f- f- knowing that I was a Christian and a pastor, he decided I was the guy he was going to vent on. And he just like blew it up, the mm. whole conversation. And I uh, was so angry at God over that. And like, yeah, you could say he's like, like he's acting like a jerk, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say he was a jerk. Yeah. Right. So my mind goes to Proverbs 26. So there's this, these two Proverbs. Remember, Proverbs, wisdom literature, yep. which means you have to use wisdom to even interpret it. Mm-hmm. And so in Proverbs 26, verse 4 and 5, we're given this counsel. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. So don't answer a fool in keeping with his own folly, or you'll be like him, which would mean you'll be a fool too. Then the next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So so the, the very next verse seems to contradict what, was, what we were told in verse 4. So which do we do? Do we answer a fool or not answer a fool? This takes wisdom, right? Maybe it's situational in some ways, but I think more than that, the author here is wanting us to think and determine from our own selves which we care about more. Do we care more about a fool being wise in his own eyes or us getting a word in edgewise? Mm. Because if we answer him according to his folly, we will be like him. But sometimes we, we, we say, who cares about that? I don't want him to be wise in his own eyes. That's what we care more about. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, that's the wrong answer. Yeah. Right? So this is where I've said several times that I will try to give a reasonable answer to anybody who asks a legitimate question. But if somebody simply wants to argue with me, I'm saving my breath. Yeah. I will not argue with the I will not argue the Bible with somebody who's really not interested in obeying it. If they're not really interested in understanding it or obeying it, then I'm not interested in even having the conversation mm-hmm. with them. So I just shift into neutral. I defer. I just say, I, I don't think you're actually interested in the answer. I'll save my breath. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. To cool my soup. To cool your soup. That's exactly right. Or your stew. Whichever one. Never stew. I do not like stew. I do not eat stew. <laughs> Only yeah. the soup then. Yes. So week two is coming up this Sunday. And we're answering a question this week. You want to you wanna share the question with us? Or is yeah. that top secret? No, no. It's not top secret. First question. Is there legitimate evidence for the existence of God? So... That's what we're going to look at.